Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, I'm Josh Smith and welcome to Rain. This podcast is all about empowerment and open conversations with incredible guests. So let's get straight into it. Today, I'm joined by my new favourite person and the star of Dune, Rebecca Ferguson. Rebecca started out in Swedish soap operas before landing her first English-speaking role in the BBC drama, The White Queen. But she didn't stop there, as her CV is rammed full with some of the biggest blockbusters, three Mission Impossible movies, The Greatest Showman, and now two Dune movies. If you missed the first Dune movie, Rebecca plays Lady Jessica, the mother of Paul, played by Timothy Chalamet, who is destined to become the universe's greatest leader, but dark things are a-coming. I'm not going to give it away, but what you need to know is the sequel is one of the all-time greats, and you have to see it. Today, we have a DMC about everything Dune, and Rebecca tells me about her unofficial role as the fun pusher on set, and she gives me the tea on working with Timothy. There's also an amazing story about the time she stood up for herself in the face of an absolute idiot of a co-star. It's rare to meet someone this authentic and comfortable in her own skin, and I think you're going to leave this episode just as obsessed with Rebecca as I am. Rebecca, babes, how are you? I'm great. (laughs) It's starting up here, so it's just going to be downhill. Okay, great. I like that. All the only ways up. Yes. Yeah. You said it. We said it. Yeah. And I mean, June 2, I mean, to quote Shania Twain, let's go, girls. Wow. (laughs) I watched it in the front row and I felt like my eyebrows were going to blow off. It was that intense. Really? (laughs) Where do we even begin with this movie? Where would you like to begin with this movie of how intense it is? I know. I know, right? It's... Like the pure joy of being a part of, I'm all over the place with this uh, because I've been thinking about it. Back in the day, like when movies were big and you got got your cinema ticket, 70s, 80s, or when Back to the Future came out or the Mm. first Star Wars, like that huge feeling of excitement and and team and collaboration and how many films is it going to be, that kind of, that's what Mm. I'm sitting on. It feels new, even though we live in a time where it's AI and everything's huge and explosive and instant gratifications and Instagram. It feels old school. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I so see what you mean, because when I was talking about how much I loved it, 
the thing I love about it is it doesn't seem fake. Yeah. Because there's not like, there is obviously special effects yeah, left, yeah, right, yeah. and center. And we should embrace them. Because we should we embrace Oscar them. for them. Because exactly. Yep. And give us all we can. Yep. We want all that action. We want all that drama. All we it. want all the moments. But like the, the sets yeah. and the expanse of the dunes and everything, it's just so yeah. incredible. And it must have been amazing when you're on those sets, you're in the middle of the desert. You've got these sandstorms going around. But also, it must be kind of also a bit like going on the ultimate beach holiday, where you're like just finding sand in every nook and cranny forever afterwards. I remember the first one. I can't remember really. I think for the second part, I'm mostly covered up in veil, 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 Mm. and then veil, and then a bit of chain, and then veil, to the point that when I went into costume... And Jackie was like, so you're wearing this? I was like, oh, that's amazing. And a little bit of transparent veil. I look so good. It's like, yeah, but then he wants this as well. And then it was just like this. And I was like, you can't even see it's me. My ego is this big right now. So we took it all off. And then he was like, but you're going to get a big hat. I was like, oh, you. Um, So I'm kind of protected from all that is the natural habitats around us. And I'm put in a box on top of a sandworm. So my experience on the second movie was very different than the first one. But it is, you're right, it's... I kind of... I can't say that it's the first experience of natural settings because I've done mission, you know. Mm. I'm so blessed with the locations and the people I work with and how they like to work. But like I said, this one has something that I have never experienced before. And I don't know if it trickles down from Denny. The fact that it does feel, we keep on saying the independence, the smaller, but on a scale that is one of the biggest films ever. Mm, totally. In this movie, yeah. Lady Jessica, she loves the drama, she loves the moment, and she's transforming to a whole other energy. I mean, we use the term mother. Yes, we a do. Lot. We do, but she is mothering. The Reverend Mother is mothering. How was it to go into that zone? To be the ultimate mother. There are two parts to this, right? Number one, what does it feel to be Timothy Chalamet's mom? It's like, <laughs> you know, you kind of want to be an equal to that cool, sexy thing. Um, you are. At this, thank you. You are. Thank you. I won't hear anything else. Thank you. And I think the lingo nowadays, mother means something else. It's like you are, you eat. You're, I'm the mom. Yeah. You can, don't eat the mom. Let's move on. But you know what I mean? Um, secondly, the absolute gift that is this role, you know, the, the arc that I get to go through, you know, I was so excited when the first one, I was sort of this posed, calm, tentacle, Mm. powerful human being who then goes through this wonderful change where the, where the power goes to the sun and she kind of has to step aside. And now we go into a second film where she literally gets stuck between a rock and a bloody hard place, where it's like drink or die. Yeah. Your choice. <laughs> you know? Been in that situation on many nights mm. out. Yeah. And I have the Do number the to shots your friends. Or out. Or out. <laughs> exactly. Um, but what came with it, this, it, it now wasn't just a part of being the mum mm. to him. Now it was sitting on this knowledge, this cathedral of. His, like history and knowledge, like it put another level to the character, mm. um, which was incredible to play. And we are going to talk about the scene where she got made to take the shot. 
I mean, I know. it was like an exorcism. Mm-hmm. How did you go about approaching that scene? How did you prepare for that? Because you embodied it. It was, I remember when we sat, it was like this little set, but they'd made the most perfect cave. We had to crawl in. It was just that feeling of just feeling mm. a bit controlled and pushed down from the beginning. And then the water master came. I think the mask. I was like, give me my phone right now. And I took pictures of her. We were all photographing everything. We were all becoming like set photographers. Um, And then we talked about with Denny, how far do we take the transformation? Mm. Like, do we go into full exorcist? Um, And Majda, who is my stunt double, phenomenal. She's a dancer. So she was kind of teaching me all of these weird, like little moves when you kind of contort your body. And we let her roll with it. I was like, put a camera on her. You let her do her thing. But it went, it was, I think there's a reason to why they didn't use all of it. Maybe it became mm. too much. But babes, I was up on a bridge. I haven't done yoga like that since <laughs> God knows when. <laughs> My Pilates finally shapes. kicked in. You were like, yes, finally. This years of torture. Finally. This one getting up at 7 a.m. every day to reformer. I loved it. Yeah. I love all of that. I also love when you go, where, am, where where's my frame? As in, where is my, where are the boundaries? How far can I go? Mm. And with Denny, it's like, I've got two cameras roll. Yeah. I'm like, let's, let's, let's do it. I'm in. I'm in. And you really did go in with the face tattoos as well. What was that? Is it a choice you might make later on down the line for you? Maybe I think not. I rocked it. You, you did. I have never felt so attractive in my entire <laughs> life. Like, I was like, is it weird if I do this for Rizzles? Um, and it's the litany of fear. Mm. The actual litany of fear that they say that is tattooed on her face, which I love. I think it's phenomenal. Um, I like that I've seen people doing their sort of Halloween costumes. Yeah. That way. It's become a look, hasn't it? The mm. chained tattooed look. And it wasn't a given that it was going to be the look for the second film. But when Paul had his memory when she was sitting in a cave in number one, cradling her baby, and she looked up, Donald Moat has created this incredible structure. I think Denny just went, Well, that's what we're gonna go with. Yeah. Veil her up, chain her up and tattoo her face. Bish, bash, bam, bam, let's go. I mean, if you turned up at my house dressed like that on Halloween, I'd be very Welcome freaked in. out. Oh, right, sorry, yes. <laughs> no, I'd be like, stay away. Shot or go. <laughs> Shot or go. <laughs> and the voice, the witchy voice you take Marian on Marion Faithful. I mean, it's mm. insane. Mm. How did you That's what they've used. Them? They've used the singer, the artist, Marion Faithful, who I thought it was your phenomenal. voice. And you had to like no. get there. No, I, I actually don't know. I'm I'm deciding that it's all Marion Faithful technologized. I think you had two different people, but she has the most smoky whiskey singing voice. Yeah. You know, she's a writer, she's a poet, she's phenomenal. Um, but when we shot, I asked him how much he wanted because he doesn't like things animated. He doesn't mm. like things overacted, Denny. So I would try things just like sit down, like I would I would. I would manipulate the voice, and that's kind of what we had mm. when we were shooting. And sometimes I would just say no, like it, firmly. I mean, the power in that voice, I was like, whoa. <laughs> that's just my morning cough, sorry. 
<laughs> but it's interesting though because Lady Jessica just go on this journey to sort of coming comfortable in her own voice, which is a journey which we all go in our lives anyway. Dude, I'm still figuring it out. Yeah, what has that journey yeah. been like for you with you finding your voice? I think I have, I don't know if this is a lie. I might be lying, but I'm going to go with it. I think I was raised by a very powerful mother. Mm. Um, and she would never hesitate to say what she thought or felt. She's like Edina, basically, in Abfab. That's my mum. And it was flamboyant and over the top and exciting. And I always tried to work myself away from it. I like normality, you know, don't be crazy because I had that in her, but her genes have sippered through or simmered through or kind of filtrated into me, which is wonderful. So I still have this sort of, there's a shyness, mm. there's a social awareness, but I also have no problem using my voice. Mm. And I'm not scared of the consequences of saying what I think. Mm. Um, and I never have. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's good. Maybe that's bad. I don't know. I'm very happy where I am. What I have learned is don't take a battle. Know what battle you're taking and why. And when you speak and you have a voice in po politics or equality and gender and but whatever it is you're interested in, know what you're talking about and love what you're talking mm. about. And listen to other people. Um, so I use my, my voice. I mm. do a lot. And on set for people to feel safe. Mm. Um, yeah, I think it's important if you have a voice, use it. When do you think you've been proudest of using your own voice? Where you've been like, yes. Mm. I'm proud that I stood up for myself in that moment and let myself be heard. I did a film with an absolute idiot of a co-star. Doesn't matter who it is. I'm going to try and not give this away. Everyone's going to be. Oh, let's, let's go through. Jack. What's, what's it called? IMBD. Hugh Jackman? <laughs> no, it's not Hugh. Uh, it's not Tom Cruise. Anyway, I've done many movies back in the yeah. day. But I remember there was a moment. And this human being was being so insecure and angry because this person couldn't get the scenes out. And I think I was so vulnerable and comfortable that I got screamed at. But because this person was number one on a call sheet, there was no safety net for me. So no one had my back. And I would cry walking off set. This person would literally look at me in front of the whole crew and say, you call yourself an actor. This is what I have to work with. What the fuck? Is oh, sorry, what is this? And I stood there just breaking. This happens. But you kind of hope you have the producers on, you know, people. Mm. I had no one. And I remember the next day I walked on and I said, you get off my set. It's the first time I've ever spoken. I remember being so scared. Yes. And I looked at this person and I said, you can F off. I'm going to work towards a tennis ball. I never want to see you again. And then I remember the producers came up and said, you can't do this to number one. We have to let this person be on set. And I said, but the person can turn around and I can act to the back head. Wow. And I did. And I remember thinking that time, I was so scared. I feel, I feel it now when yeah. I'm saying it. But I thought, oh. It shouldn't have to be that way. Mm. And I remember going to the director afterwards and saying, what is happening? And the director said, you're right. I am not taking care of everyone else. I'm trying to fluff this person because it's so unstable. 
Um, and it was great from that moment. But it took so long for me to get mm. to that. It's within my last 10 years or 12 years. And I've acted since I was 16. But from that moment, I have never let myself get to a point when I've got home and gone, what did I, why did that happen? And that's the definition of mother. That's is, the big slay. Thank you. That is what we're about. We love that. And the person is, I'm kidding. <laughs> and the person is. And the person is, no. Also, everyone changes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And you change. And I change. Yeah. And you, we all change. Yeah. And I think it's so interesting you say that and then you go on to a shoot like June mm. where it seems like you're in this space with such, in- I mean, the actors you get to work with are just incredible. Amazing. Director incredible. Everyone left, right and center. Incredible. How empowering is it to be in a space like that, knowing what you've been through to try and find your voice and how safe do you feel to use your voice in those situations now? Super safe. Yeah. Super safe to use my voice. No need to use a voice. As in, we're all having it and we're all sharing it. And I think also it comes back to what I said. It wasn't a safe director. It wasn't a safe environment on that previous film. But this one was. This was a director who has chosen people who are kind and professional and we're surrounded by legendary, or if it's Warner Brothers, whoever, who hold our backs. And, and it's a safety, and that trickles down. Mm. You know, there are probably people on the set going, well, I didn't feel the same way. But there will always be people. I won't see everything. But from my perspective, I was sitting there just feeling like I was holding everyone's hand. I would sit on a throne, and I'm like, God, that's Christopher Walken. <laughs> I had moments with Christopher Walken. I would pretend like I didn't see him. Because well, it's how do you have the veil. Yeah, the chain of the veil. But he would look over and I'd go, because I was so scared of an interaction with him, I didn't really know what to say. I still don't find my voice in some some aspects. Oh, gosh. I just love the fact you're literally on a throw. I know. Dresses the reverent mother, the mother, and you're like, oh, my God, that's Christopher Someone said to me that he liked Marlon Brando, and I was like, I can use that to my gaining. So I remember walking up one day and I went, God, talk about Marlon Brando. Do you have a good story? And then we were off. Tell me your Marlon Brando story. <laughs> yeah. Who do you think you learned the most from working with on this set in terms of your co-stars? Oh. Do you know what? Timothy and I, we work very differently. Mm. And the first one was trickier than the second one. As in tricky, it was great and he's phenomenal. But we don't have the same technique. And we didn't have the same character. He was going through, you know, you've seen it, the transformation and carrying a whole film. I'm basically playing a mom. I use a voice a bit. I kick ass. I'm not saying it's not difficult, but it's not really. I'm just having fun. And I'm doing a plethora of different things, you know. He's carrying things. Mm. I remember the moments where I would giggle and have fun and I could sense that it wasn't really helping him. So I think I learned a lot from looking at the process of one of our incredible independent actors on a set of a studio movie when I am born into studio films, it feels Mm. like. And the respect that you need to hold for everyone um, and seeing his, his transformation into the second one as well, seeing how he has landed 
into this. Mm. The breath sort of, yeah, I've learned, I've learned from him a lot without him knowing it. That's so special because that says so much about how great teamwork is. Yeah. And how when you lean on other people and you listen to other people yeah. and you read them in interesting ways, you can learn so much about yeah. yourself and about others. It's so interesting. And I think there are moments where I want, might have wanted more from him, but he didn't want to give more. And then I have to sit with that and mm. think, why are you not? Come on. But then the scene dynamic is much more interesting between us because there's the effect. There's something there. But, you know, they say cut. And I'm like, hey, does anyone want to play backgammon? <laughs> Everyone doesn't want to play backgammon, you know? Are you the fun pusher on set? I mean, yeah. I have fun, you know? But I'm not really going through the transformation. Mm. I'm, I, I'm quite easy breezy. Yeah. You know, for me, I'm like, la, 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 you're going to get killed. Okay, action. <laughs> anyway. Done. Anyway, what are we up to the weekend? What's the hot gossip? It's me. <laughs> and I sometimes think, am I not a serious actor? Maybe I'm not. I don't know. And cry. Okay. Breaking news, you're a very serious actor. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, really when you actually think about it, your CV is just stunning. Like, oh. when you list it out, three Mission Impossible movies, two Dune movies, The Greatest Showman, Silo, Girl on the Train. Mm. I mean, and you started out on Swedish soap operas. Yeah. So this has been a real journey for you to get to this point where you're in such a massive blockbuster like this were there any points in that journey where you thought this was an improbable dream in a way I feel like it's as if I'm still in that space Mm. where I just sometimes take myself out of it and I go what's happening like what what is this like how am I a part of this but then I look at it and I think it's been such a natural transition and I don't I kind of I could sit here and go it's amazing it's incredible and it is but for me internally I was thrown into mission what 10 years ago and then I've done another mission and then another mission and then a June I've had all of these incredibly high studio intense films I did Hercules, which we don't need to talk about because we don't need to promote directors like that. But I've done big studio films. So it feels like my body's cradled into the masses. Mm. So it's not like a moment of, oh, and now you're in the desert. It's like, well, I I was in Morocco five (laughs) years ago on a motorbike with Mission Impossible. Tom Cruise helicoptered through them. It's, It's more the fact that It's big. Like, my journey is incredible. Mm. So I'm now going, how do I break into the smaller? How do I I get into the other niche? How do I get onto stage? Like, my trajectory is so different than other people. It's usually small, maybe stage, and then a big. Yeah. Do you ever take a moment to actually take a step back and actually appreciate how far you've come? Yeah, I try and do that a lot. And I, my husband... Uh, that extremely handsome man. I mean, out I know, 10 out of 10, no notes. Mother's working it again. Uh, sorry. Um, I'm so sorry. Can you edit your own? I mean, that's <laughs> sensational. <laughs> the mother is mothering. I think, yeah, yeah. you know. But I think It's on brand. It's fine. Thank you. Yes. It's on cue. We've stuck, you know, the yeah. thread is through. There's, the, the, Hello. There's a narrative the to this podcast. Can you believe it? Um, <laughs> the worm is worm. He... 
and I, and I did it with Max Science as well back in the day, and that was when we did The White Queen. I remember, so I've said this before, but it was such a moment for me when we sat on the thrones. King Edward, Elizabeth Woodville, lots of essays. Regala, you probably mm. know it, throw, you know, crowns and everything, a Friday night for you, babes. Oh, and we're please. S- yeah, and we're sitting there, and I go, this is, we're king and queen of England. This is like, how the heck did this happen? And I remember still that moment and that feeling, that youthful intoxication of like, mm. like someone goes with a defibrillator. I still get that. And my husband sometimes just goes, stop, just now. And kicks in when you're promoting something like June. And you have Zendaya and Timothy, who are mm. basically our new rock stars. They are... It doesn't take away Austin Butler, Florence Pugh, Leia Sadu. It's a collaboration of what is like the bee's knees of fame, mm. right? And it's not just selfie fame. It is artistic fame. And it's like idolizing. People are screaming. And you're walking with this entourage of people and being a part of it. And you kind of go, this, this is crazy. This is crazy. Yeah. This is crazy. Have you always had self-belief, though? I have always had a feeling. Ah, that's such a good question. I have always had this feeling that it's going to be okay. Mm. It'll be fine. But I've always had that feeling combined with, well, I work in a clothes shop. I, I, I work in a nursery. I work in a Korean restaurant, by the way. The best food I've ever served is in a restaurant I served in... Oh, I love that. Bibimbap, Korean food. Do you go back and you're now it's my on the wall? only restaurant. No, they should get me up <laughs> on the wall. They should get you on the but wall. But I go back all the time when I'm in Stockholm. Yeah. I go back to the restaurant. My point is, nothing has ever stopped me from living. Mm. And if living is earning money, you get a job. Um, it doesn't matter. I will be fine. And I think that goes hand in hand with, I speak my... My truth. Mm. And if someone goes, you can't, you're not going to get into Hollywood. I'll go, but that's okay because there are other jobs out there. I would have called that a great run. Yeah. You know, I'll write something, I'll wing it, and I'll work a little bit here, and I'll do this and this. I have no problems just adapting, but it needs to be true. Mm. I love that because it's so important to have that kind of outlook in an industry like this. Where you have, because I mean, people would look at your career. I mean, I just read it at your CV, and anyone would kill yeah. to have that kind of CV. But people don't see behind the scenes the levels of no's, the rejections, and everything else that goes in between, the a lot lows of would in between working. As well. A lot yeah. of people would sit down and go, Why do you not have like um, a contract with the bigger houses? Mm. Why do you not have this? Why do you not have 400 paparazzis outside? Why do you, like all of this, like what is the definition of success? Mm. And for me, I sometimes in my back head go, oh, I wish I had a little bit of that as well. And the other hand, I go, no, because I work against it. Like, I, I can, I live so well. I'm so lucky. I can care for so many people. I can go wherever I want without it being an issue. And I make films that are chosen by heart. You know, it's sort of, I'm in such a place. Mm. Like, I don't, that makes me think, how did that? Is there ever a no, though, or a moment in your career where you look back on now, which may be felt like a difficult moment, which has ultimately empowered you and made you into 
the performer you are today and the person you are today? I think I owe a lot to Mission. I owe a lot to that franchise and to Tom. Um, number one, they wrote the most incredible character. Mm. And I loved her. And I got to study one of the biggest film stars in the world in the flesh. Yeah, that's um, an up-close tutorial, yeah. isn't it? And it's basically a school. It's a lesson, mm. right? Um, and I still, to this day have embodied a lot of the stuff that he does. And I can hear and I go, oh. <laughs> I'm Tom Cruise today. This is but a bit weird. Something like checking my harness or safety. Yeah. Like I know I've done it so much that I will go, by the way, check this. Is the, um, the, uh, the zip when we do the throw and et cetera, do you have that? Do you have it in rubber? Have you covered? Like my head is a, sometimes a little bit like born identity. It was mm. like checking the exits. Um, it was such a big part of my life. And it held me, it basically generated a career that I took into my own hands and made what it, what it is today. Mm. But very much thanks to that. Yeah, that, that would be like the stepping stone for me of mm. when it all happened. Is there something, though, when you look at that career where you think, oh, I really want to do that next? What's the big goal for you? When you've ticked off so yeah, many already. I know exactly what it is. And I'm really, I have no problem talking about it. I want to break into, I, I get offered a lot of roles that are empowering, walk straight, talk with a firm voice. Either it's a super agent, a mom, a queen, a countess, because I do it well. You do. Very well, right? Yeah. Uh, it's just. Tick. It's tick. I can do it. So it's not interesting. One of the best things with Denny when this happened was, actually, it's quite a fun story. He called me and he said, and I want to work with Denny so much. And he was like, do you know June? And I said, no. And I hadn't actually seen the old version. I didn't know much. And I said, but I'm not interested in playing like a countess or anything like that. And he was like, no, no, it's fine. You're going to play, um, she's like a concubine and she is the queen and she is this and this. And I went, yeah, it's not really what I want to do. Um, so thank you though, but I'd love to work with you. And, and this conversation, I literally happened. love how you turned it down. Well, I kind of, but I also was, I, I don't want that to be the story, but I remember I was like, I don't want to be the queen. Mm. I've done it. And when we put the phone down and he called a couple of hours later and he said he offered it, I was like, because I remember putting the phone down and I went to my house and I went, well, I I'm not going to get that. <laughs> You're not going to get that down. No, nope, I don't know what happened. I was being me again. Blah, blah. <laughs> and then Denny called and offered it. And I was like, did he miss the part? And I brought this up and he was like, I, don't, I didn't hear that. And I was like, you clearly didn't hear that. And then on set, I was like, oh, okay, here we go. And I put the thing on. I walked and he went, why are you walking straight? Why are you, why are you walking like a queen? And I went, what? And he went, no, give me a creature. Give me, a, give me a, an animal. And I was like, oh, this is what I want. My automatic response was this. And there's a moment when I walk into him. He's like, why are you walking like you want to be in the room? You're walking into the room, but you want to leave. Show me that. I was like. I get it now. Oh, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> also, I love that you played slightly hard to get. <laughs> well, I mean, to be honest, I, 
I think my words must have been, I want to work with you. I'll do anything, but I really don't want to do this. And he must have just kind of gone, okay, good. I'm just going to self-edit this. Yeah. Well, it's been the most amazing experience talking to you. You're so incredible. But before you run off to go do another blockbuster. (laughs) No, that's not what we're doing next. That's not what we're doing next. We're getting on the pillar. We're doing it all, babes. We're treading those boards. We always end on this final question. It always is, in the reign of your life, what's the one rule you'll always live by? It's also queen related, which is kind of ironic. Wait, 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 say that again. In, in the reign of your life, what's the one rule you'll always live by? Oh, I wish I had such a witty one. What is yours? Give me yours first. Mine is regret will haunt you more than failure. Always. I mean, I always quote, I always quote people. I always have, like on my shoes, I always say when you're good, you're very good, but when you're bad, you're better. Oh. You know, I always think, you know, don't go vanilla. We don't want vanilla, babes. We don't want vanilla. Never go vanilla. We want zest. We want shots of the water of life. Don't ask the boy. You know, for me, it's, I don't know what the saying would be, but it's always like, don't scratch the surface. I love it. Go straight in. <laughs> right in that deep end. Yeah. And you always do that. I do. And that is what a mother does, babes. Circling back. The narrative complete. Thank you so much. It was so fun talking to you. This is wonderful. Yeah, Did you feel fun. like we bubbled? I feel like we bubbled. We bubbled. We bubbled. We don't bubble a lot. Thanks for being here for this episode of Rain. If there are things that resonate with you, I'd love to hear from you. Get me on socials at Josh Smith Hosts. And if you enjoyed this episode, please like, rate, subscribe, or follow and share this with someone you think should hear it. Let's get those convos going because that is what this podcast is all about. Hi, babes. Me again. Just wanted to tell you about something very exciting. I can't believe I'm about to tell you this, but I've written a book and it's called Great Chat. As you know, I love to chat, plot spoiler, and I love talking to people about their lives because as I always say, talking and listening is so powerful. The book is all about how you can master conversation and transform your life just like it has for me. I've used my experience from all the amazing interviews I've been lucky enough to do, as well as a load of research to help you deal with everything from making new friends to embracing difficult discussions. Great chat should never be underestimated. It can truly improve your well-being, allow you to create the life you want, and bring the connections you are so deserving of, babes. You can pre-order Great Chat today in hardback, ebook, and audiobook, read by me, no less, and it's out on the 20th of June.